Hey, how's it going? I hope everyone is looking forward to this. Hey, welcome, Pippa. Um, yeah, so today is a good day. I'm really looking forward to this, too. Um, so first off, if you didn't know, I, d I didn't get as much information this week out about about what this stream was going to be about. Uh, like I said, in times past, I really like to keep this as realistic as possible. I like to keep, I like to keep the all overall context of the stream to be, uh, very, very relatable. First off, uh, very current so that whenever someone's watching this, that they can hopefully take something away with it so that, uh, they can, they can better themselves, better their, their life financially. Uh, and then they can pass this information on. So I'm really excited about, about this one. Uh, I titled it don't fall victim to uh, financial stress and I think that I think that that's plays a big role in in what we've got going on right so we've got tons of uncertainty with uh, with the whole COVID thing uh, people are going through different kinds of stress so so hopefully we can go through a couple of of ways to help you not fall victim to that but first I wanted to bring up uh, last week we, we talked about the 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 store this week we we made uh, with the financial mirror made a little bit more headway in, in getting this information out so uh, it, it may take a week or so for everything to show up and, and be all all out on all the different applications but uh, I've moved this live stream as well so the recorded audio part of this is going to be now on podcast so if you if you miss a live stream or you you just want to catch up uh, on something that you missed previously that's fine uh, it's going to be uh, once everything is settled out and everything's approved and pushed onto the platforms it'll be on apple podcasts and spotify i've already seen it on spotify uh google podcasts things like that so if you do miss it you'll easily be able to catch back up to it uh, which is great and just allows me to be able to continue to um get the information that that I've, i feel inclined to to talk about with everyone uh, out to a broader audience. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I really am. So with, with all the changes, with everything, uh, in terms of, uh, the financial current financial situation, I, I'd really think that this one will, this one will be able to help someone out there, which is, which is what my ultimate goal is. But today I wore a master shirt right here for the masters. I don't know if we've already called any of it, but uh, I did not catch that much. It's not as much as I wanted to. Uh, we watched it one day and that was about it. Not even one day. We watched whatever day it was that, that it, it was dark. They started late or whatever, but it was, it was getting dark and, and everyone, they sort of called it off for the day. Uh, that's the day we watched it. I think that would have been Friday, 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 I believe. But anyways, uh, Dustin Johnson won it as everybody saw. That's great. Got his first green jacket. Uh, but yeah, now total, total squirrel moment, but, uh, we'll, be, we'll move right into what we got going on today. So don't fall victim to financial stress. Oh, another squirrel moment. So with that, with, with the, this now being on a podcast, there will be, um, there will be, uh, these like ad breaks in there now. So if you, if you want to um if you if i'm limiting the number of ads that show up in these streams but they will they will add they will add ads to the stream so uh just be cognizant of that now and and know that that will happen but um i like to i want to keep the the content as live as possible so uh, i will continue to as you can see i've got my desktop up so uh, this isn't moving to a strictly podcast format i'm still keeping this as a live stream because i want to be able to show people and give people ideas of what um what what's out there but uh I, for all the listeners that are, are catching this on a podcast after the fact um tune in to any of the live streams of they're recorded so if you catch somewhere that you want to watch uh something that i go over all the streams are on youtube and facebook um that you can go and you can and still on twitch uh, that you can go and rewatch those so if you catch something that you want to go and physically see that you listen to on a podcast 
just know that the the video is out there you just go to the same the 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 timing's a little different because of the intros and all that but if you go to youtube or facebook the timings will be identical so just go check out the youtube check out the facebook video uh, line it up to where you were had questions about the podcast and um, and you'll be able to find that so uh, the, the quote that I'm going to start with is money can't buy happiness. And that's, that's, you know, something that every person's heard. So money can't buy happiness, right? That's what everyone says. Money can't buy happiness. But, uh, for, for anyone, um, that has ever, that's ever had tons like this, this massive amount of bill collectors that are trying to, to get your money, uh, cause you owe them. And on the flip side, there's a, uh, an empty checking account that's sitting on the other end of that uh, ATM or your phone app or whatever. There's an empty checking account, right? And on the other side is um, this this bill or multiple bills. It's hard to believe that money can't buy happiness because at that very moment, that person is or or you possibly are feeling extremely vulnerable, extremely stressed. So when, when we say that money can't buy happiness, what we really, what we really mean is that more money is not going to increase your happiness. Okay. But money is needed to provide for your family, to plan, plan a future, um, along with, it does give you the ability to take and enjoy vacations and leisure, um, but what about what about when times are tough? What about when uh, you don't have the money to pay those those pesty bill collectors? What do you, what happens then, right? And that's what we're going to go over. Uh, does that stress overwhelm you? I'm sure it does. It would it would overwhelm a lot of people. And that's that that little that stress that feeling. Um, it, it could be uh, that you that you end up like the signs of stress. I looked these up. Uh, dizziness or feeling out of it. Just a little little foggy of your of your memory right headaches increase or loss of appetite i know some people they're probably like oh loss of appetite sounds great i should be stressed more no we don't we don't want you stressed right so so the loss of appetite is not is not your weight loss plan so getting stressed is not your ideal weight loss plan muscle tension problems sleeping anxiety depression all the everyone knows these things everyone knows what stress is but um but what what is financial stress so some 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 causes or ideas behind financial stress. A couple of statistics: seventy eight percent. So seventy eight percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's a huge number. That's a very big number. So if you can, if you walk down the street and you count, if you could count seven point eight people, but if you saw ten people pass you, count count off eight of them. Or if you want to round down, you can count seven. The seven people out of the ten that you see on the street are living paycheck to paycheck. It's a pretty big number, right? Another big number. 60% of Americans are feeling stressed about money. And that's according to, uh, these according to the American uh, Psychological Association. So knowing that, knowing that people are living paycheck to paycheck, people are stressing, people are, are overwhelmed. Uh, what is the symptoms of this financial stress? Well, anxiety, worry, depression, gaining or losing weight, insomnia, poor coping habits. All of those things, they sound just like the regular stress. So the same issues that from a psychological standpoint that people are, are dealing with, whether that be a stress from a loss of a job or a stress from a loss of um, a family member, like that same stress that happens when when something like that, that grieving or that, that upset, like that same like feeling of loneliness or helplessness, that same thing comes from a financial aspect. So when the financial part of it is creating that, it's creating this financial stress on you. And I found this, uh, I found this and it was with, uh, this, this, uh, help guide that, that is, is by a doctor, Dr. Robinson, a Dr. Smith, uh, with help guide, they have this thing and it's called the cycle of poor financial health and poor mental health. So a cycle, right? So in a circle, everything is just this cycle of, of whatever, but here's how it goes. It goes, you first off, you have financial problems, right? And those financial problems are going to impact your mental health. That's how it's your start. That's the start of your cycle. And then you're you're going to have this decline, that, that, that decline in your mental health that was caused by your financial problems is going to make it even harder for you to manage money. Well, with that becomes, a, is now 
now being more difficult to manage your money from the mental uh, impact to your mental health that originally started by your financial problems is now worsening your financial problems and worsening your mental health problems. And it's just this ever ending cycle of poor financial health leading to poor mental health to even poorer financial health to even poorer mental health. So it goes, it's just an, a vicious cycle that no one really wants to be in. Nobody chooses to be in it. So what I did uh, for this stream, what I, what I wanted to focus on was how you can take these these high debt levels, uh, right? So high debt levels, and you and how you can. Uh, I said high debt levels. Look at me, I'm stumbling already. So I, what I did was I took seven the top seven things that people stress about when it comes to money, and high debt levels is number seven. Okay, so so let's, that's where that came from. So you know where I'm where I'm coming from. You're picking up what I'm putting down. What happens is I'm going through, I'm going to go through the seven things of what people, what causes people's financial stress. I'm going to address stress, address, uh, I'm killing it. I'm going to address each financial stressor directly. And then at the end, I'm going to wrap everything up and I'm going to give you some takeaway items that you can actually implement today uh, that'll help you. So first off, High debt levels. That's number seven. Okay, so not starting. I'm gonna count them all down. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Control your access to debt. So high debt levels. How do we address this? We control our access to debt. So debt is everywhere. Eighty percent of Americans. To go back to my other example, look at ten people. Count eight of them. Eighty percent are caught up in um, debt of some kind. Controlling your debt shows. It shows twenty percent is only about what you know. So an edu- so your ability to know things. So what I go over here on the financial mirror that only gives you 20% of what needs to change. The whole idea behind the financial mirror, it attacks the other 80%. And it's that financial, that mirror part of it. Look at yourself, how you behave and the choices you make control 80% of that. The, the reason why people go into debt. So, um, Stay out of that. Control your choices. Don't fall into the trap of, I can't have X, Y, or Z without going into debt. I can't get a new car without going into debt. I can't buy a house without going into debt. Uh, some of these things uh, are, are what we've went over in the past are good investments. A car is not one, but um, we went over these things that you can't, I can't buy this or I can't do this without going into debt. You can. So, so once you figure out how or once you figure out uh, the best way to go about that, that's something that you should definitely, definitely look at. So uh, don't fall in that trap. High debt levels. Eliminating that keeps lets you keep more of your money. So every time you're in debt, you're paying someone else. You're 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 literally you owe them. So no matter um, if, if you if you want to put this in a, in a realistic um, current day uh, sort of uh, illustration is that you pay Netflix to stream their content, right? you're paying someone to borrow their money. That's, that's what debt is. That is exactly in a, in a nutshell. That's what this is. You're paying someone to, to have access to their money. That could be a bank, a lender, a credit card company, whatever you're, you're paying them a fee, i.e. interest rate to access their capital. That's their money. You, you owe it back to them plus a fee for borrowing it. So getting rid of that, controlling your, uh, your access to debt Keeping more of your money is a, is a is a a, a end state of of being you know debt free, and it in getting rid of this stressor allows you to stop worrying, stop that worry of having to pay for some pay someone else. So, any thoughts or emotions uh, of you being in debt it can lead to this financial stress, right? Uh, it's not it's not just affecting you either. That's the one thing I wanted to bring up, and I wanted to, I wanted to be, to be a crucial point is that you're financial stress um in the decision you you make to go into debt because that's your decision right you made the decision to go into debt that's that's all of your decision that decision when it does create a financial stress or, or financial burden on you it does affect someone else and then that's in the sense of the relationships you have with them so whether that be your friends your family your co-workers whoever um and it could be a simple like you know, like can, if you ask them to borrow 20 bucks and they, and they say no, like, I mean, it, it puts this uneasy relationship with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever, maybe a bad illustration, but, but ultimately what I want you to see is that that, that relationship 
is much more valuable than whatever it is that you that you went into debt for. So eliminate that by not going into debt. That's that's uh, key number one. Don't go into debt. Twenty uh, percent is about of controlling debt is about what you know. Eighty percent is your behavior, your choices that you make. Okay. Um, number six that causes people financial stress is low savings rates. Okay. We talked about this and in investing is a rocket science. And if you'll go back and you'll look at uh, look at that, you can. We'll, we talked about inflation. We talked about so currently inflation one point three seven percent. Average savings account return. I looked up the highest ones. Point uh, seven zero is the highest as of this recording on November the fifteenth. That um, was at one fifteen Hawaii Standard Time. It was 0.70%. That's the highest. That was Citibank, Live Oak Bank, Popular Direct. They were the only three that I saw that had uh, that had that return or that saving. So uh, ultimately, what I want you to know is you can't rely on a savings account to build wealth. Once again, go back and watch. Investing isn't rocket science if you if you want to look at wealth building strategies. But a savings account is not a wealth building strategy. I look at a savings account serves its purpose, right? It's a safe area for your money to stay, but it's not wealth building. It is literally a rainy day fund, emergency fund, whatever you want to call it, nest egg, any term you want to use for it. That's what that is. That's literally there for you to have a uh, a little side bit of money if you get into trouble and you need money. So how do we how do we get rid of that stress, that stress of these low savings rates? It, it It's easy. First pay yourself. So important to remember, it's always heard, uh, you know, that you don't have enough money to save. Everyone says that I don't have enough money to save, but have you ever thought about in that same sense where you, you say, I don't have enough money to save, but you, you're going out and you're buying a cup of coffee every morning, or you're, you're going and you're buying that new toy that you wanted or that new, uh, and when I say toy, obviously it could be your kid's toy or adult toy. I mean, either one, but 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 you then you you couldn't afford you couldn't afford to save right so it's it's a trade off you would if you if you'll reverse your psychology pay yourself first what's going to happen is instead of right now if you're trying to wait till the end of the month to save your 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 mindset your thought process is backwards because if you're waiting till the end of the month you may you're you're not may you're probably out of money if you fall into the 80 percent that are living paycheck to paycheck so pay yourself first and then tell yourself i can't i can't afford the coffee or i can't afford the dinner or i can't afford the toy i can't afford like let that be the thing you can't afford not uh i can't afford to save so so adjust your mindset, adjust your mentality, uh, and learn that you can afford to save, but that may mean that you can't afford something else down the road. So remember that. And then the the final thing when it comes to low savings rates and how to get through that stressor is something's better than nothing. So people think that if you can't put 200 or 500 or 700 or a thousand dollars a month into a savings account, that it's not worth even saving anything. And that's not true. I'm going to bring up an example. I, I did the, I did the math. Uh, for anyone watching on the podcast or listening on the podcast, excuse me, um, I'll go through these verbally so that you can hear uh, what this is. But if I do like a savings account calculator, so all I'm doing, I'm Googling savings account calculator and we'll go to like uh, nerd wallets, savings account calculator. So uh, nerd wallet, you got one? You got one? There's one. All right, boom. So NerdWallet savings account calculator is the one that I'm using for this. But anyways, what I want to show you is that let's start at zero dollars. So starting balance is zero dollars. Monthly contributions, we're gonna do ten dollars. Okay. Five years to grow, so five in years. Interest rate, we're gonna do as if we held opened one of those high yield savings accounts. That's in um that's um what am I doing? What am I doing? Why is this? Ah, uh, so For some reason, um, there we go. So 0.70 annual interest. What I want you to show you. So in balance. So saving ten dollars a month for five years. Ten dollars a month for five years at a 0.70 annual interest rate is six hundred and ten dollars and eighty cents. We see it right here, right? 
So now what I want to show you, that's $10 a month. Like, I mean, I mean, I know, I know we, we, something is better than nothing. That's all I'm trying to illustrate here. Something is better than nothing. So, so $10 a month for five years, $610.80, please. If, if, if you, if you can't save $10 a month, um, hopefully that means that you, you're, you're getting out of debt and that's great. And then when you're out of debt, you should be able to save way more than $10, but I'm, I'm being very, very basic, very realistic here. So, so at five years, your $10 a month, um, has now become $610 and 80 cents. So now what I want you to see is $610 and 80 cents. After five years, we're going to double our contribution and we're going to do it for five more years. Starting with the 610, we end up at $1,854 and 15 cents. That's, that's after 10 years of $10 and, uh, or 10 to $20. Cause starting 10 years or five years of $10, five years of $20, you're at $1,854 and 15 cents. That's what I want you to see. Saving a little is better than nothing. So start, start putting that aside now. All right. It's, it's, it's really, it's really just a matter of save something, save something. That's all. That's the, the, the point that I want to put out there is save something. Don't, don't worry about if it's $5. Don't worry about if it's $10. If you want to beat, if you want to beat the, the financial stressor of not having enough saved and, and this low savings rate that you're trying to convert and beat inflation, which is, it's impossible. You save the high savings rate is, is half of what the inflation rate is. So it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. If you're trying to build wealth in a savings account, it is you're, you're swimming up a stream that is got a very strong current. So, um, it's not, it's, it's not going to happen. So let's be real. It's not going to happen. So be real to yourself, be honest with yourself and know that building the wealth is, is, is not going to be done in a savings account. So don't let that stress you low savings rates. Who cares? Investing isn't rocket science. Go watch the video. Look at where to invest your money to build the wealth. Okay. Next number five is volatile stock markets. So I got two facts, two semi-facts that hopefully will help eliminate this stressor. But if that's something that you think about is that stock markets are volatile. The, the uh, presidency election is going to increase or decrease my stocks. My my, It really does. Like All this stuff doesn't matter. Like You're going to hear all these people talk about, well, the market's up right now. The market's down due to COVID. Uh, is we have a, we're 90% on a vaccine by, uh, Pfizer and our market's still down. Like, it, it, like don't get caught up in that, that mindset of, of negativity around the stock market. So fact, these are facts. And one, the last one's a semi-fact and I'll go over why it's a semi-fact, but fact markets go down time to time. You don't believe me. Look at, uh, here, look at, so I, I'm going to open up uh, a stock trading platform. Uh, so I got, I got Weeble up right here. Um, so you don't believe me? Let's look at the April time frame. Let's we all know that let's let's do like Delta Airlines, right? So Delta Airlines. Let's go back. Let's put this bad boy um, on a daily chart. So this is that's oh look at that. There, there's a there's a fat look at it. Look at this. So this uh, January, February, May. So these are all these are monthlies. But if we go to like a daily chart for Delta and we zoom out. I want you to come back over here and look at this, this nasty, nasty, nastiness from February to March to April. Look at this. This is nasty. This is very nasty. So markets go down time to time. If you don't believe me, look at this. This, it goes down. Things happen. Markets go down. Don't, don't let that stress you. That's, it's okay. I promise. Stats. The reason why you shouldn't let that stress you. Stats. Markets go up 75 or 73% of the time. Markets are going down 26% of the time. This year may, may be a little different. Percentages might be a little different. But right now, statistically looking at it, um, markets are going up 73% of the time. Markets are going down 26% of the time. I like my odds. All right. Next, the gains in a positive year double the losses in a negative year, meaning Every year, even when you when you have a loss, you lose ten dollars. The next positive year, you're going to get twenty dollars. Your your positive years are doubling the loss of your negative years. That's the whole thing, the whole mindset behind it. So, fact: markets go down time to time. Not as big of a deal as you think. Another fact: markets typically typically rebound after down years. Okay. 
So this is um, this this pulls me into this investor psychology. So the, the psychology of the investor when the markets are up. The investor doesn't think that they'll ever slow down. Like it, from an investor, you're like, wow, these things are going up and they are not slowing down. This has a ton of momentum and they are going to go to the moon. Like everything is wonderful, right? When markets are the opposite, when markets are coming down, an investor doesn't think that it'll ever stop. They're like, man, so in that, that January time frame, right? They're just like, man, this, this market's going down. It's never going to stop. It's going to hit rock bottom. I'm never going to get my money back. And it's, it's an investor psychology. When markets are up, they don't think it'll ever slow down. When markets are down, they don't think it'll ever stop. The, 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 their, their portfolio just losing value is never going to end. All right. So the psychology of that is, is, is both of them, both sides are unrealistic. Both sides are completely unrealistic because the markets are going to rebound. It's time and time again, markets rebound after down years. So, so don't get, don't let that stress you out. It shouldn't semi fact. And I, and I put semi fact because if you heard me last week and, and on the investing one, I didn't want to talk much about stocks. Uh, cause I don't really, I really think that you should educate yourself for jumping in the stocks. This one isn't about stocks, So I'm, I'm not going to spend much time on that. But what I want you to know is market movement. This is a semi fact because market movements can be semi predictable in the short term and more, just a little bit more than semi predictable in the long term. And that's all based off of history. So markets do show that no one can predict the future of the stock market. People can think they have the magic pill. People can think they know the magic formula, but no one is predicting it. Otherwise, everyone would go do it. Everyone would be millionaires, and we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this because you would have so much money you wouldn't know what to do with. But with that, nobody can do it, short or long term. But history does have a way have a way of of teaching us um, how to have confidence during certain times of the market. So, semi fact in a sense that market movements can kind of be predictable to a sense, um, but not guaranteed. So you can, you can't really predict them because prediction to me is, is that you you, you can, you can literally see what's, what's going to happen. Like you can correctly understand what's going to happen and that's false. You can't, you can have a great idea. You can have everything in your favor and it could still go the opposite way, but you had a ton of things in your favor. So uh, that's great. That's great from a, an, uh, the aspect of uh, knowing that that you you have the ability to, to decide that or see that. Uh, but but you've got it. You've got to understand that that the markets are going to be volatile. They're going to move around. They're going to um, they're going to shift. Right. But you can't let that you can't let that get you stressed. So so far, what we've gone over is high debt levels. Controlling access to debt, keeping more of your money eliminates that stress. Low savings rates, not putting your money into a savings account uh, to build wealth, but building wealth in the proper ways um, is is and paying yourself first it gets rid of that stress. Volatile stock markets, markets go up, markets come down, rebound after down years, returning. You know the how much they're returning is is double the positive years are, are double with the losses were in the negative years. So, so remembering that stock markets are, are naturally, um, profitable over time, uh, fact. So, so the next stressor that people have is real estate is the end all be all. Like I've got to get real estate. I've got to get my hands on some property. I've got to, I've got to do that. And if I don't, I'm, I'm behind, I'm behind financially. I'm behind on life. False, completely false. Real estate is a great investment. Real estate is a phenomenal thing. Homes normally, uh, not all the time, but normally go up in value. So prices are going to continue to change. the 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 housing market is going to continue to change. If you if you feel like that the price of a home, um, the price of homes are going to become more expensive, uh, you're you're probably right. Price of homes will continue to change, but um, over time, they'll probably end up being more expensive, right? But, but right now, to think that in five years that prices are going to change, that is true, both good and bad. They're going to go up. They're going to come down. It's going to happen through basic economics of supply and demand. As more homes are sold, the you know as the demand goes up, more homes get sold. Uh, that 
decreases the demand and increases the supply. And then it's a back and forth wishy-washy way, right? So understanding that is, is the key to keeping that from stressing you. That can't stress you. That can't show up to say that that's going to be the stressor that's going to happen on you. So uh, the other one, fear of interest rates on homes. Interest rates are going to change. You can't predict them. Um, interest rates right now are, are great. So uh, this whole post-COVID thing or in COVID thing or whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever part of COVID you think we're in, um, it's interest rates are changing. You can't predict them. Don't try to predict them. Uh, they're going to change. Things are going to happen. It's going to affect the interest rates. But but the, the end all be all for real estate and that you're in a better or worse financial situation if you own or, or rent property or whatever um, is not the thing that that is is going to like those things may stress you out. But I think reading through this one, because once again, all I have is titles. I, I looked up the seven uh, most stressful financial stresses that people go through and real estate was being one. Um what I see is that real estate is a stressor when you're buying a home and you make it a financial stressor by trying to think about things you can't control. They get you into a home that you can't afford. Uh, now you're stuck paying for this house. You can't sell it because supply and demand is uh, not on your side. There's not really demand for, for your home at the time. Uh, you're just an abundance of supply. Um, and, and you, you know, just, just it, knowing that, that this home you're stuck with is, is that's going to be that financial stressor when it comes to real estate. So if I can tell you one thing about buying a home or getting involved in, in the purchase of real estate is that buy what you can afford. And that doesn't stop at real estate that, that buy things that you can afford that, that goes into car buying that goes into home buying that goes into new things that you enjoy whatever it is pick your hobby golfing is your hobby new golf clubs that you can't afford it doesn't stop at real estate but real estate is probably that you know not everyone's going out and making three hundred six hundred thousand dollar purchases uh depending on where you live and the price of the homes in your area so understand that that that's something that that you can control is when you get into buying a home that you buy a home that you can that you can afford first off and then buying a home when you can afford it so that's that's the that's the the takeaway on that number three uh demographics create fear for some uh this is what i was when i I had to figure out what the the demographics part of this was um and it seemed like that it tied back into retirement so the demographics part is is creating fear for people that uh, are, are thinking about retirement. And I've talked about this on a previous uh, previous stream, but baby boomers are taking all the security money. Fact. Predictable? Yes. Extremely predictable. Everyone saw it coming. If you didn't see it coming, it was... Um, they, I'm pretty sure your eyes are closed because you, you had to have seen it. When we look at the math, it doesn't make sense to think that this is a, uh, a realistic, uh, program or, or whatever, uh, that is, that, that has any kind of longevity, which is lead to, uh, the, to change in retirement plans, the lack of pension plans, all that kind of stuff that's all happening due to this. So I said predictable. And I'm going to show you why it's predictable. So the, these numbers um, may or may not may or not, I'm going to I'm going to write them down. Let's open up Notepad. Uh, I'm going to write these down so you can see them. So so baby boomers, right? 1946 to 1964. Anybody born in those years? Baby boomer era. Okay. Average annual income for the baby boomers is twenty six hundred to forty five seventy six. So that this is the twenty six hundred was the average annual income in nineteen forty six. Forty five seventy six, so four thousand five hundred and seventy six is the average baby boomer income uh, on the back end. Average family income during those time frames. Okay, nineteen sixty. I couldn't find any data on how much was Social Security. Uh, 
back in, in that time frame. The only thing I could find is in 1960, they changed it to 3%. So that, that doesn't give me, uh, 1960 that is, that doesn't give me a uh, clear view, but hey, it was the best I could find. So this what this means is that uh, the average family paid $137.28 per year in Social Security. This is why this is predictable. I mean, it's, it's extremely, extremely predictable. Is it great for the people that are getting it? Sure thing. Um, but it, it from a from an aspect of of longevity, it doesn't it doesn't work. So these people that are receiving that in this time frame, this baby boomer time frame, they're currently receiving fifteen oh three to three thousand eleven dollars a month and that's based off of uh when they retire within their retirement years so if they do full retirement age or uh, 62 to 70 you you pick the poison whatever that is so um receives that much per month okay when they retire now currently this is current currently average average annual income is $87,000, $87,864. Currently, uh, in 2020, Social Security is 6.2%. All right? So double the percent and not even close to the income. Look at this. You double these things, you're at like three and $6,000. So way more money is going into Social Security now than ever before. Than ever before. So we're currently paying, uh, we're currently, current people that are working are paying about $5,447.56, sorry, $5,447.56 per year to Social Security. All right. So what I'm saying, and these people will most likely receive nada. All right. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that how much was put in this $137.28. So let's just say that the average person, so I'm going to pull up a calculator. Let's say that the average person, right, is paying that per year. I'm going to be generous because I don't know how much it was. And these this age group also did get into a higher, they did go up. So I'm going to say that these people paid $1,500 a year just to average out the low and the high, about $1,500 per year. And they put that in for if they started working at 20 and they stopped working or at, at 62, uh, it's 42 years. So let's do that times 42. They put in $63,000. All right. So I've got $63,000. Now, currently receiving 15, let's go on the low end, $1,503. They put in sixty-three thousand ish, $1,503 a month, and let's say so $18,000, and let's say they draw that out from 62 to 82. Let's be generous and say they draw it out for 20 years, drawing at 62, and I'm saying 62 because I went with that low number. They're drawing out $360,720 a year. How is this sustainable? You see what I'm saying? It, it was very predictable. It's very predictable. It messes people up because they plan on that being their retirement plan. And it's, that stresses people out because people are stressing, financially stressing, because they think that Social Security is supposed to be their retirement plan. And that's where they're wrong. That's where they're extremely wrong. And if that's your retirement plan, I'm begging you, go and and invest your money into a IRA Roth or traditional, I, I, I don't even, I'm not, not even like looking at anything else. Just go and put your money in an IRA, start planning for retirement now, early on. Um, start, start, go back and watch the old retirement uh, stream from a couple weeks ago, but please start putting your money in. It's not, this isn't a, a long, a, a longevity of a program that's going to allow you to, uh, to, to draw money out of my, my 63,000 right here it could be off. And I'm saying that because I don't really know the social security. Uh, I didn't go in and, and say percentage wise, this is how much it was raised, how much this person would make. I'm being very general to say that $1,500 on average, that person paid in. And even if we did 
$2,000 over a 42-year period. They've only put in 84. So, I mean, I, we could really get technical, but um, it, it, it nothing is going to add up to $360,000, which is what someone that, that makes it to 82 years old and draws Social Security from 62 to 82 is going to pull out. Nothing's going to add up to that. So it doesn't matter if we, if we, how we did this, but, um, when you're, when you're producing those kind of going into debt numbers, anyone that's done a budget knows that if you're going, if you're, if you're spending $276,000 or more than you have, you're going to run out. And it's an obvious fact that it's going to run out. Um, and so don't make that your retirement plan. If that's your, if that's a stressor of yours, please don't make that your retirement plan. Go, go invest your money into an actual retirement account. Don't rely on the government to retire you. Please do not let their government retire you. They're not going to do it. You will be messed up as you get later in life. All this is going to make sense. You're going to realize you should have invested your money earlier. The compounding interest is not going to be in your favor at, at 40, 50 years old. Just Go start now, whatever your age is. If you're 40 or 50 now, there's there's stuff that goes into allowing you to pay extra for for IRA catch up. Um, so so go look into all these things that's going to help you get a good retirement plan because your your chances of drawing Social Security to the to the masses is, is not likely. So um, go go work that and and work that piece. So next stressor, number 2, financial marketplace is becoming more and more complex. That is true. There is a huge bust in products, choices, books, things that are going to make you um better financially. So my 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 the information that I want to tell you today, when it, if that stresses you out, if that's one of your stressors, the thing I want to bring to you is do not confuse the financial marketplace. It's really not that confusing. Don't make it confusing. Don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing. We started off. We started off this whole entire stream saying 80% of America is in debt. Your chances of following good advice is only 20% if you keep up with the Joneses. So if you're keeping up with the person to your left and your right, there's an 80% chance they're in debt. There's a chance that both of them are in debt. So, so keep, keep focus on simple things. You can go to YouTube, Google, Facebook, et cetera, and you can find, you can find information on multiple, multiple topics, but don't stop there. Do research, uh, on, on individual, simple topics like budgeting is simple. Mutual fund investment is simple. Planning for retirement is simple. Don't don't make it com- complex. It's really not. Um, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a quick fix. Everyone has the get rich quick. Everyone has. I can fix your credit. Call me. I can I can consolidate your debt and fix your whole life. I can put all your pieces back together. I can help you file bankruptcy and you come out crystal clean. Like everyone has something that that they can provide you. But if if that complex market is 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 overwhelming you and making you stress, just remember that while while these things are not lies per se, uh, they could be overcomplicating your life. It's really not that hard. So stick to the strategies. Correct your financial report card. Get a good grade on it. First episode I ever ever did was financial report card and it's 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 minus the the cracking of the audio because of the mic um is the quality the 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 quality of the content is there so so go find out about your financial report card go find out what you can do differently uh and know that know that everything is everything's good um so with that uh it's going to cut over to a, a quick quick ad break uh we'll be right back Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast today and you have a genius idea that you want to share with the world, Anchor is going to be the easiest way for you to make that podcast a reality. First, it's free. When you're thinking about your finances, free is always good. Second, save your money. You really don't need professional software to get started. Anchor's tools help you create and then edit that podcast right from your mobile phone or computer. Anchor's then going to help you by distributing that podcast to all the major podcast applications, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. 
You can then easily make money for your podcast. No minimum listenership is required. So Anchor obviously is everything that you need to make your podcast dream come true. I use Anchor to distribute out my podcast and so should you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, don't wait. Do it today. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. All right. So uh, I really appreciate everyone that's watching today. I really do. So uh, like I said, all this is now getting streamed to uh, podcasts, multiple applications. So if you... If you ever miss this, just please, you can go check it at the, at any of the major podcast locations. But, uh, finally the last piece, so this is, this is going to wrap up the last stressor and then I'm going to give you a conclusion of what, what you can, what you can do. So no, there's no educational money. It's the last stressor. So people don't know what to do. Um, I, I, I don't have a fix for this one. I, I really don't. Um, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about is that it's, it's a, this is a huge problem. Uh, people being stressed about not being educated on money is a, is a valuable thing to, uh, to stress them out. I don't, I don't have a fix. I don't know what the answer is going to be. But what I can tell you is that it's true that no one teaches you how to manage your money. No one teaches you how to build your wealth. No one teaches you how to play the stock market. No one manage your money for you. So, so how do you learn how to manage money, uh, in life? How do you learn most likely, I'm not going to say everyone, but most likely you learned how to manage your money from your parents. So look at your parents and this, have fun, have fun with this. Go ask them where they learned to manage money. And they probably going to tell you they learned from their parents, right? Uh, once again, you have the ability to learn yourself. You can teach yourself how to manage money. You can teach yourself how to be committed. A lot of the, a lot of money is based off of behavior. It's based off of how you, um, how you behave with money, the decisions and choices you make with money. That's what drives a lot of a lot of the where you end up financially. So, educate yourself. Don't fall in the same rat race as everyone else. 80% of people are in debt. Don't fall into that rat race. That's first and foremost. And then um, I would say that you obviously, you either love listening to me talk or you're committed to changing uh, by listening this far into this stream or podcast or wherever you're enjoying the, this uh, this stream at. But uh, hopefully both. Hopefully you end up, you spread the word through uh, sharing the stream on podcasts or, or inviting friends to come watch weekly. But uh, you're you're here because you you, you want to learn something about finances and and the biggest thing is for you to begin to educate yourself now. Uh, things change. The faster you can get involved, the faster that you just are, you're just learning the changes versus trying to learn a whole market. So uh, the financial marketplace, the financial landscape is is ever evolving. Um, it can look complex, but it's really not. It's very basic. Uh, just, just get involved, get involved in, in your, your finances. And like I said, this is, this is a great place to start. Um, everything that I, everything I talk about, everything I, I go to is, is completely, uh, just facts. Like I just go off of facts. I'm not, nothing I'm telling you is, is an opinion that I have. I will give you opinions that I've experienced or that I've done, but that's not something that you have to follow exactly what I did. That's literally just you. Uh, me giving you some kind of fact, showing you a story that lined up with it, and then you applying it to your own life. That's the whole the whole aspect of this is is to teach you how to apply these things to your life. So, what do you do? Uh, biggest cause of stress is when your expenses exceed your income. So control this. You can control stress. Control your stress by controlling your expenses. Do not let your expenses exceed your income. You will find that your life is much less stressful financially. Uh, so to preventing stress, live on less than you make. It's the same thing. It goes back. When your expenses exceed your income, you become more stressed. So this starts with making a budget. So make a budget. Prevent stress. Live on less than you make. Make a budget. Stick to it. So when you when you make your budget, don't waste your time. Stick to living by that budget. Because when you know 
no, and I and I mean no, like you absolutely know that you have enough to cover your expenses, your stress goes away. If you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, you you that's not that bills not in your budget and it should be. Everything should be in your budget. So at the beginning of every month, if you're the only reason that you should ever come up short on a budget is if your income wasn't realistic. What you said you were going to make, you didn't make. And now you don't have enough to pay what you expend, uh, all the expenses that you had in your budget. You don't have enough to pay those. So be realistic with your income. Be realistic with all of your expenses. Overestimate your expenses. Underestimate your income. Make a realistic plan and stick to it. Um, And then another thing you can do, control your addictions to wants. Uh, Dave Dave Ramsey calls it want-itis. So don't fall victim to want-itis. We all want stuff. We all want it. Some of us just decide that we're going to get it when we can afford it. <laughs> I mean, I, th- it doesn't get much more simple than that. So we all want stuff. I want stuff. There's stuff out there that I would love to have. There's many of things that I want to go buy right this second. But I just I, I just wait until I can afford it and then I buy it. So I, we all want it. We all will, will eventually get it. Everyone will eventually get it. If it's in your budget, if it's in your plan, you can go get it. Um, but it's, it's just another place that unneeded, unneeded stress is going to enter your life. So get getting things you can't afford is increasing, uh, the chances of you feeling financial stress. So be cognizant of that. Uh, and then when, when it comes to that, that one itis that Dave Ramsey, uh, like what he calls it, I think it's great. Cause it's a, it makes it seem like it's an actual, which I mean, it is, we looked it up there in one of the streams. It's an actual condition, but uh, that want itis, right? It's causing you financial stress. Find out what's causing that or triggering that. Is it is it social media? Are you logging into social media and you see everything everyone else has and you want it? Um, or is it is it is it stuff that you're seeing on the internet that you're browsing sites that have things that you want? Uh, when like you know you can't buy anything. You know my budget is completely set. It's completely full. There's no extra money to go around this month. Yet you're still going to. I'll use mine for instance, electronics. I'm still going to Best Buy or Newegg or whatever com and I'm still looking at items, but my budget's completely full. Like I don't have any more money. So why am I going to look at it? It's literally modern day window shopping. But the only difference is, is that there's no connection um, to when I, when I walk in that store and I, I commit, but when I walk in, I'm committing that I'm going to buy something or I'm going to get, look at something and I'm going to hold it and I'm going to see it. Now you just click a button and you buy it. It's at your door in a couple of days. So find out what's triggering that want that that addiction to want things and then and then change that overcome that and and life will be much better um live within your means so this goes back to the budget but you've got to live a life that you can afford stop trying stop looking at everyone else's life and saying that's what you want goes back to that want itis or that want um but instead work to be able to afford the life that you desire so don't just don't just work uh, or, or don't just start start trying to live that that life of want it's that that everything that you wanted in life you're gonna get it because you have enough money to do it just because you have enough money to get it and buy it and do it doesn't mean that you can afford it so don't set your retirement back don't set your life back just because of all these things that you want that you that you think you can afford but you really can't um, so work that. So uh, what I want to close with is just some final action items. And this is the um, this is where we look at this week's challenge. So this week's challenge is to conduct a finance inventory. Uh, so what is it? You can you could probably Google. I've never Googled what a, like Googled the finance inventory. Finance inventory. How does fi- inventory financing work? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what uh, if there's a if there's a method to inventory finance uh, or finance your inventory, um, conduct a finance. Inventory. I don't know if it if it has an actual thing, but what this is what I want to leave you with. So we're gonna call it a finance inventory. So what I want you to do is I want you to first write down every source of income that you have. 
if you did your if you did the the budgeting if you if you're already budgeting weekly you probably already know this but i want you to write down every source of income you have that's step one step two is for this month so from now until december 15th or uh if you want to pick this up and do this starting december 1st um decide but what i want you to do is for a month i want you to write down and keep track of every single expense that you make and i don't want you to forget about the little stuff and i mean like if you had to pay 75 cents for parking that should be written down if you have to pay two dollars for coffee that has to be written down if you had to give a co-worker a dollar for uh going away present for a co-worker i mean like everything like i mean i can't make this stuff up like every single thing that you spend every single dollar that goes out of your bank account added on a credit card or whatever needs to be tracked so list every expense then i want you to write down every debt that you have and i mean this isn't just bill collectors. I want you to write down debts that you have to friends, family, coworkers, etc. that hasn't even bugged you about it yet. But you know you owe them. Write it down. Write down every source of income, every expense for the whole month, and every debt that you currently have. Now, what I want you to look at with this information is I want you to start to identify your spending patterns and triggers. Is it boredom? When you get bored, do you start buying? If you have a stressful day at work, do you start buying? If you have um, an early start to your day, do you start buying? I want you to find those things that trigger you, those things that, that, that make you spend money and write those down. This is all part of this inventory. Next, I want you to look for the small changes that you can fix. A couple of these that may be applicable. Uh, I've, I've done a couple myself recently. Uh, subscriptions you don't use. Cut small things. Cut the small things that you can cut. So if you don't use a subscription anymore, cut it. Get rid of it. It's not needed. If you decide you want it again, go buy it again. Go sign up again. But if you're not, if you haven't used it in three months, you probably don't need it. Go cancel it. You don't need it. Home gym workout instead of going to a gym with a gym membership, especially if you're not going. If you're not going to the gym, buy people buy gym memberships as their motivation to go to the gym. The problem is, is that people still don't go to the gym. So it's easier to work out from home in a sense that you can just work out whenever you want. So if, if me and me and my girlfriend have been working out from home, I haven't been to a gym since COVID started. And, and I mean, it's, it's been, it's been good. Like I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed our runs together. I've enjoyed our workouts together. I've enjoyed all these things. Um, and, and it hasn't, it hasn't changed me. Yeah. My, my, I'm not lifting weights as much, but I mean, I'm in just as good of health and it's not costing me anything. So cut the small things, cut the things you can't, you can't, or you don't need uh, any longer. Eliminate your impulse spending. So times when you, when you identify those spending patterns and triggers, cut those impulse spending, uh, times or, or, or transactions, find out when you're impulse buying and get rid of it. Think about these things before you, before you buy things, you should be budgeting for them anyways. And then the final thing is for this whole inventory. So I'm going to run through one more time, write down every source of income, keep track of every single expense, list every single debt, identify your patterns and your triggers that make you spend, look for any small changes that you can cut and eliminate your impulse buying. And then finally, please go easy on yourself. Don't make excuses. First off, don't make excuses for, um, well, I just had to have that cup of coffee because I started work at five o'clock that day. And I just, I just needed that cup of coffee. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. You could have easily got up and made your coffee earlier. You could have easily done, done without coffee that day. You could have easily, oh, that would have affected my mood. You have no idea what I go through with my job. So These are excuses. These are excuses. Go easy on yourself, but don't make excuses for it. Find a way and cut the, cut the small changes. Does that mean you can never buy a cup of coffee using that example? No, you can still buy, buy a cup of coffee. But make sure that's in your budget. Make sure that you that you're tracking that. That's an expense. If you're buying a cup of coffee every day, that's that's the things where we need to look at spending patterns, things that you're doing constantly, and find out where you can cut. Look, look at this inventory and look at the facts in front of you. 
Don't punish yourself for the things that you've spent your money on. Don't don't look at it and be like, ah, I could have done without that. But but also don't look at it and be in denial to say, well, well you know, I, I I needed that or I had to have that. You know, like you don't you don't understand. Like I, I had to have it. No, you you probably didn't. Um, but but don't make excuses. Don't be denial. But but don't punish yourself. Look at the stuff. Make the changes where possible. Identify like the the patterns of of spending that you have. If you're spending money on on breakfast or lunch or dinner every single day, you're you're overspending in those categories, and you really should look just relook at that. And then number one thing, focus on what you can change right now. Those little things, pretty easy to change. Bigger things um, might take a little longer, but focus on what you can change and move forward uh, to achieving that financial stress-free life. Okay. Uh, so once again, uh, that's all I've got. I appreciate everyone that's tuned in. Um, I truly do appreciate it. If you are enjoying the enjoying the stream, if you're catching this on a podcast, please uh, don't forget to follow. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to leave a good review. Um, and Take the take this this knowledge, take this information, and go and find that finances does not have to be stressful. Take all this information and find that finances can be um, a pretty stress free thing when you when you understand and control your finances. Not denial, no excuses, not punishing yourself, but making the necessary changes. So once again, uh, I do I do appreciate I do. Um, look forward to next week. Uh, once again, this, this whole idea is that, uh, I don't have, I don't have the, um, stuff completely planned out. I have some ideas of things I want to talk about, but, um, if you go to the bottom of my website, contact, contact me. If you have ideas, please email those to me. I'd love to see them. Um, and know that, that there's something out there that you want me to talk about. So, uh, once again, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, with these now being on podcast, I, I'm trying to keep them right at an hour, maybe just over an hour. Uh, but uh, I really, really, really want to continue to try to expand the footprint of the stream uh, to touch more people. That's the goal. Expand the footprint and touch more people. So when I can do that, uh, I, want, I want to take that opportunity to do it. So once again, I appreciate it. Uh, and Go out and have a stress-free week.